Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us in this episode of Taking the Road Less Traveled Through a Disrupted World with David Irvin and myself, Allie Stone. Our intent in this podcast is to have open-hearted, real conversations about our authentic journey through this disrupted time in our world. And we also feel that what we learn from this journey will be able to apply to an emerging new world when we come out the other side. In our commitment to make a difference to difference makers, we want to use this podcast to explore what's happening in this time in our lives, and as well as what's happening in the lives of those of you who are committed to making a difference, making a difference the authentic way. Now, David's mission is to connect leaders to their authentic selves which inspires and enables them to have a meaningful impact on their organizations, communities, and even their families. David says leadership at its core is about influence and it has nothing to do with our titles or the letters behind our names or even the sizes of our offices. Leadership is about the capacity to inspire others to action. It truly is about making a difference. And Allie Stone has joined me on this journey as she has a deep understanding of what it means to lead authentically. She has spent the last 15 years of her career exploring what caring leadership looks like and how organizations can be built from the heart and still be truly successful. For Allie, leadership is life. She believes anything involving human connection is all interconnected in the experience of living. And she is passionate about working with other leaders who are inspired to create something similar. It is her belief that sharing her lessons will help other leaders gain deeper insights and understanding as to the infinite possibility that lies ahead for each of us when we connect with our hearts. Welcome everybody to another week of the Other Everest podcast. We are so happy and grateful that you are here with us and uh, I'm really excited to engage in some conversation uh, this week. So um, I'd like to start off by saying that uh, the world lost an incredible leader this week and um, his name is Tony Shea. Now if you're listening and you know about Zappos and his book Delivering Happiness, you know who I'm talking about. But if you don't know about Tony Shea, he is one of those inspirational leaders you are going to want to learn something about. So um, I'll, I'll roll this story back. <laughs> uh, and Dave, Dave, will, Dave will pop in here for a minute, but I was sharing this with him um, when I first found out. But when I was a young leader and just beginning to build the organizations with original Joes, um, Tony Shea was somebody who inspired me. He led his organization in such a way that it was all about people. It was all about caring for people and creating uh, a place of uh, happiness and fun. I think he even used in his core values, he even uses like happiness and a little weirdness, <laughs> which I think is just, it's awesome, right? So you kind of know what you're going to get when you have core values like that. And uh, anyway, when, he, when I read his book, and I've read it multiple times, and I'll tell you <laughs> that I give it out all the time, uh, especially to younger leaders, because I think it's just such a beautiful book on building culture. But 
there is a quote in the book or in an, a point where Tony says, I decided to stop chasing money and I decided to start chasing passion. And that was when it all changed. And I find that anytime I get off track and Dave, you're going to have to chime in on this with me, but anytime I get off track, it's because I'm focusing on the wrong things. I'm focusing on these material things. I'm focusing on building, you know, maybe a bank account in the business or whatever, instead of the people. And I mean, we're all human and we're going to do that from time to time. But this idea of pursuing, like actively pursuing passion and purpose, I just think it's so beautiful. And when I was able to hear it and it was able to kind of like come from my mind down into my heart, I started to look at leading so differently. So I thought we could talk a little bit about Tony today and uh, remember him and all the great work he did and, and share our thoughts around what it means to have passion and, uh, and what it's like to connect with that. So it's great to see you, Dave. Thanks for being here. Yeah, 100%, Allie, and thanks for that great introduction and great start. And I think we'll just dedicate this uh, podcast this time to Tony. Yeah. So I have two questions for you. When you said that he inspired you to build an organization around people, what did that look like? What, what, where did you start and how did you shift? That's the first question. And the second question, and you might want to answer the second question first, but the second question is how do you know you're off track? Mm. What are your indicators for being off track? And how do you know that you have been led off track? Right. So you could start with either of those two questions. Those are really good, <laughs> really good questions. Thank you for those. <laughs> it's um, easier to ask the questions than answer them. So I'll let you answer them. Well, thanks for that. Um, but that's okay. Um, it actually got me really geeked up when you asked both of those. So there you go. So how do I know when I'm off track? I think I started off track. I think I believed leadership was going to be something different than what it's turned out to be. And I've fallen deeply in love with it. I didn't think I would when I started leading. Um, I thought it was about numbers and P and L's <laughs> and balancing books. And, um, I often think about now I can't, I'm trying to think if I can have one come to mind right now and you might too, but like outdated leadership models. And we were talking a little bit about these last week from like the eighties and the nineties that were about, um, profits over people. And, and, you know, and Simon Sinek talks a lot about this in his work too. And it's like, that was what I grew up on, right? So as I became a leader, that was the kind of information that was out there. And that was what I was learning off of. And it never quite felt right. And then uh, Tony wrote this book. And I remember being, I remember finishing it and putting it down and being like, like, that's it. <laughs> all we have to do is take care of people. And I mean, you hear me say that all the time. It comes out of my mouth every single day as to how we're going to take care of people. And um, yeah, I th like I said, I think it's part of the human condition to get off track. Um, so how do I know when I'm off track? I'm not happy. 
I think we're allowed to be happy as leaders. I think we should feel joy and passion and excitement for what we do. You know, and we were just talking about the masterclass on Thursday and I was saying, oh, I'm a little under the gun right now. And you're like, do you want to let it go? And I was like, no, because <laughs> it actually makes me happy. Like, I know it's going to be a little extra work to get there, but this is part of what brings me joy. And if something brings me joy, I'm going to engage in that, even if it means I have to work a little overtime. <laughs> so I'm always looking for that feeling for sure. So let me put my frame around this yeah. because I don't think it's, I think off track, that track has changed for me over my lifetime. And it's a maturity thing. And let, let me go back to an example. And I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast, but we had a neighbor a few years ago. He's since moved, but we had a neighbor a few years ago who was a young real estate agent. He was 23 years old. And I was talking to him about what his passion is and what his goals are in life. And he said, he is so passionate. He said, I am, my goal is to be the number one realtor in this office. And I'm going to measure that goal by getting a Jaguar. That was his total focus is it was all external. It was material. Now, if I looked at that compared to my goal, I could make him wrong and say, you know, buddy, you got the wrong goal. If you want to have a good life, that's not what you want to seek because that's my frame of reference at my stage in my life. But what I did is I put my arm around him. This was obviously pre COVID. I put my arm around him and I said, congratulations, you go for it, man. Because that goal of external success is going to catapult him out of adolescence and into the adult, adult world. It was an, a really critical goal for him at his stage in life. And I had to hand it genuinely hand it to him. He's in his 20s and he's got focus and he's got drive. But here's the question. When I meet him 20 years from now and I say, what's your goal now? And if he tells me a bigger Jaguar, a more expensive Jaguar, a bigger house, if it's material, I'm probably going to say something's missing in his life because he hasn't evolved to the place of where Tony is and where you were. You had to be at a certain level to be ready for what Tony had to say. I'm not sure you can start off there. I think it has to be external and then it becomes, this is, the, this is what we would define, right? As the authentic journey is that you evolve into really getting clear about what your values are. And it's not for us to decide what values are, but I know as I mature, I had in my 20s, my goals were much more driven by financial goals, by external goals, because I needed that to grow up. Right. But then you begin to say, hmm, I got the money. Maybe I, I, I need to search for something deeper than that. And that's what we define as the authentic journey. Um, it's, it's, it's not that it, one's right and one's wrong. One has to honor one's values at one's state in life. But once you begin to know this, 
about yourself, for example, and about what I know I value, now we have a track. So I'm going to go back to Rob's track when he was 23. His track is, hey, I'm not working hard enough and I'm not driving hard enough and I'm not whatever he's doing with building his business. That's off track for him. For you, off track says, I'm going for the money. And for me, I'm losing contact with the people because I'm driving for external results at the expense of people. And they're not mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. So does that speak to you? Yeah, I think, I think that's amazing. And you're right. You have to evolve into it. I don't know if I had goals in my 20s. <laughs> I think I was just floating through life in my early 20s, but that's okay. We all get to do that for a while too. But there comes a point where you have a deeper sense that there is something more to life than what we own, than what's around us, right? And you start to almost touch the edges of it and you know something's there and then the more you kind of get into con connection with that the more you want it <laughs> right and so that's you know that's beautiful relationships with people that's um i don't know giving back to your community there's just so many um selfless ways i probably could go on and on and, on and list and everybody would have a different one that resonated with them but there are ways to get in touch with who we are that is just so incredibly beautiful that has nothing to do with the Jaguar. And you can still have the Jaguar and do that. That's cool. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> like whatever works for you as a person, you only get one life. So if Rob wants his Jaguar, go for it, buddy. <laughs> like you may as well have it, right? But don't miss out on the other part of that experience. I would strongly urge him to look for that. Well, and that's making room for that. And maybe he's, he's so crowded around the external goals, he's not ready to do that right now. But life will happen. And he'll have one of these freaking growth opportunities where he'll have an opportunity at some point. And I, with the goal, the hope would be that he would take that opportunity to look in. And I also want to say, Ali, that it isn't about necessarily age. Maybe you have been taking care of your family for 20 years. Maybe you've been sitting on the couch for 20 years and you haven't had goals and you haven't been uh, pushing yourself at all. And maybe when you're in your forties, you start to have a, a goal to have the Jaguar, to have the external, to start to say, I'm gonna respect myself enough. And it, it, so it's not an age thing necessarily. And it's not, a, again, not a judgment. It's just being really clear. What really do we value and how are we defining success? And are we opening to defining that differently as our life evolves? And I think part of to examine what your, what your goals are and your dreams um, and how they compared to 20 years ago, what your goals were, I think can be a measurement of how you've evolved. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to say and jump in here, I, so I've taken up boxing, as you know, yeah. in the last three years. And, uh, you know, it's, it is an incredible sport. I have, it requires conditioning and thinking and complexity. I just thought you put a couple gloves on, go punch each other. And it is incredible. But I can tell you that my goals around boxing now are different than they would have been when I was in my 20s. I just want to hammer people in my 20s. And I, you know, and that's probably, you know, I, I remember my running days and I just wanted to win. 
and be better than somebody else. It was all external. And now it's about, I want to get stronger. I want to get smarter. I want to get more fit. Yeah. Uh, but it's more internal goals because I want to be able to carry my message on for the next 10, 20, even 30 years, if God willing, if I last that long. So I want to keep my mind sharp. I want to keep my body sharp. I want to stay stronger. Um, so my, it's more internal what my goals are um, because I want to just con keep contributing and giving back. That's so funny that you say that because I actually didn't make that connection until you said it right now, but the way that I work out has changed in the last couple of years. I always used to be concerned about my body and what I looked like in a dress or whatever. And I mean, I still want to look good, but I'm more concerned about keeping my heart healthy. And I want to, I want to, I want to go on hikes when I'm 80 years old and I want to spend time with people I love and I want to watch my nephews grow up. And so that's more what I'm thinking when I'm working out now, which is very interesting when your why changes, you know, <laughs> I think it's funny. I didn't even make that connection until you said it, but I'm like, I, I do think about that quite a bit now. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So just to, to wrap this up, do you want to just say a few things about what you remember about what, about Tony and what he taught you about a culture? Yeah, I do. People? He, so, um, I can't, it it was it was Zappos in the end was the company, um, but they ha basically they had it was the first time I heard about core values and so I'm just gonna read them to you because their core values were remarkable to me so they're called it's called the Zappos family core values so I think I picked up the word family there I use family all the time with our team so they're the ten values that they live by number one is deliver wow through service. Number two is embrace and drive change. Number three is create fun and a little weirdness. See, I knew that weirdness was in there. <laughs> Number four is be adventurous, creative, and open-minded. Number five is to pursue growth and learning. Number six is to build open and honest relationships with communication. Number seven is to build a positive team and family spirit. Number eight is to do more with less, which I was always fascinated with. I thought that was very cool. Number nine is to be passionate and determined. And of course, number 10 is to be humble. And I remember reading the book and I remember reading a story about um, a Zappos team member who spent, oh, it was, it was an absurd amount of time on a phone call with a, la a lady, I believe she was buying shoes for her wedding. And just the remarkable amount of time and care that he put into making sure that she got the right shoes for what I was quite, a, I'll, I'll have to read this, reread this book now, but it was, and I just thought, wow, like people do that. <laughs> and they do that if they're happy, they do that if they're engaged, they do that if they work with and for kind, compassionate and caring people. And, uh, yeah, I would say that's what Tony Shea taught me. And um, he did all this when he was really quite young too, which is really remarkable. Um, and I know age is, you know, you're saying age isn't really a thing, but I think it's cool that he was able to evolve to that that quickly and uh, take this company and turn it into something really incredible. And obviously was recognized by the world. Eventually Zappos was purchased by Amazon, right? So um, yeah, 
uh, very untimely passing, very unfortunate, um, but a remarkable leader. And uh, he definitely left a mark on my world and uh, my team and my life. And uh, I'm just very grateful for having ever crossed paths with his, his insights and his knowledge. So that's what I'd say about Tony Shea. Oh, thanks, Allie. No, I get choked up rereading those values, listening to those values he had. Incredible, so incredible cool. values. So in honor of Tony, let's just make sure that we take care of people this week. And, you know, it, you can't be authentic if you're not caring. It's just not fit into our definition of authenticity if we don't have a bone-deep bone commitment to the people in our lives and to those relationships. Thank you so much for joining us once again for another episode of The Other Everest. It's our mission to continue to bring you engaging, heartwarming, and inspiring content. So if you have any feedback or suggestions, please feel free to visit davidirvin.com at any time as we would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate it or subscribe or simply share the episodes with people you know who would also enjoy this conversation. Authentic leaders create ripples in time. Those ripples extend to generations yet unborn. And it's not just impact in the here and now, but impact in here and forever. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for being a part of this journey with us. Until we meet again.